sound like everyone hear me? I was uh, invited here to be on the parents panel. So I'll talk a little bit about parenting. It's nice to see these kids here. I know many of you. Amen. Sound like them. How you doing? I remember being your age and that's where I'll start. I remember thinking about Christmas and how exciting it was because I didn't have a lot of Muslim family around me. And, uh, you know, I spent 25 years in corporate America. And one thing I noticed is that every the week of Thanksgiving, things kind of change. Nobody can put their finger on it, but in the office environment, things kind of change. All these stressed out people just kind of chill out. And then they start thinking about family. They don't think about their bonuses. They worry about their bonuses because they have to spend money. That comes later in the year after Christmas. And I, just, and I, and I, and I watched them, you know, because um, I didn't really feel a lot of things about Ramadan. I didn't have any feelings in my heart. I was kind of dead. My teachers would talk about looking forward to Ramadan, and I would be like, hmm, why is my heart not, not connected? But I'd feel people around me feel, feel for Christmas. So I felt like I'm neither here nor there. I don't belong here. I don't belong there. I don't feel it for Christmas, but I can observe them like I can observe a bunch of, you know, like a society, like an anthropologist kind of observing them. And one thing I realized what they do is they, number one, they slow down. They really slow down. You know, the thing that has to be like really urgently done, it doesn't get done. It's okay. It's all right. They're kind of chill. It's almost like your parent is like, man, I know he's going to get mad at me, but wow, he's kind of chill today. I got away with one, you know? The boss is kind of like that. Number two, they kind of breathe. They, they take a long-term look. They don't, they're not going to hire an interview and do those things in December. It's like, no, December's not for that. We're going to worry about that at the end of the year. They kind of chill out. Um, what else do they do? They, um, they listen more. They listen to each other. Instead of just work, it's about family. Hey, how are your kids doing? Where are you going on vacation? Where are you going to spend Christmas? They kind of listen. Because they're, they're interested in something else, right? All of a sudden, they're interested in something else. And then what they do is they, um, they, they sort of enjoy each other. They're really listening, you know? It's not like, hey, Bob, how are your kids? Mm-hmm. Well, on the other hand, you know, you're half sentence. Hey, my kid's, uh, oh, okay, bye, see ya. He just gets off the elevator and leaves, you know? They actually enjoy each other's words. They enjoy each other's companies. And the other thing is they, they feel a sense of love. They feel a sense of love for humanity. And because I'm the person that's in the office and I see them every day, you know, they, they kind of, I feel like they have a little more love for me. So it's kind of interesting, right? So if you're not connected to their society, you can definitely feel a change. And so what I did was wonder why that change didn't happen in my heart. I remember when I was uh, 12 years old, I was Eamon's age. Are you 12? 11? 13, 12, Star Wars came out. That was cool, right? I didn't know how good Star Wars would be, but then I remember when the second one came out, the number five, right? They call it number five now, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Man, I was excited. But what's wrong with me? I don't look forward to Ramadan like that. What's wrong with me? You know, I wondered, I wondered, because people didn't talk to me about what the sister Hema said. People didn't talk to me about the why. They talked to me about do this, do that, but not the why. So leaving Islam 
it becomes a huge door, just becomes a huge door. And it's sad because you have to do toba for your days. So um, it's hard being a parent now, but I look back at myself, it was always hard. 12 was hard, 15 was hard, 17 was hard. So my advice to parents is don't fall asleep on how hard it is to be a kid when you come home. Because uh, you're, alhamdulillah, you're here, you're a Muslim. If you're listening to this live stream, you're a Muslim, alhamdulillah. But are you sure your kids are going to be a Muslim? Are you sure they're going to enjoy Ramadan? Are you sure they're going to care? Um, I remember thinking I'm more excited about the kickoff to the football season than I am about Ramadan. I'm not happy to say that, but it actually happened to me a lot. I can't remember the score of the first game. It's, it's just silly. It's dumb. But I'm looking forward so forward to that moment of the year. Why am I not looking forward to Ramadan? Because I didn't know the why. I didn't know the why. So there's two things you need to know. You need to know the why. So always ask why. And make your parents sit down, chill out, relax, breathe, listen. Let's help each other out. And the other thing you need to know is you need to know the Prophet Because when you look at how difficult his life was, you kind of feel ashamed for complaining. It's like, it's not that bad. I mean, mashallah, he, he suffered through everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved him as the best of creation. Why? So that if you can look at his life, you can bear it. And my favorite story of um, as being a parent, um, just, just my favorite story of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi is a very simple story. It's the fact that he sat down with a child who lost his bird. Like he was running an ummah. He had so much responsibility, war, enemies, wanafiqoon. People destroying the religion. But he cared about the kid who had a bird, who lost his bird. He cared about that little heart. And if he cared about that little heart on the street of Medina, we should care about the hearts of our children. It doesn't matter what your boss did. Come home, leave that mailbox closed. I used to have a friend, he would tell me that he would hate it when his dad would grab the mail from the mailbox and come in the door because he saw the bills, he got stressed out, and then he'd come in angry and take it out on somebody. That's tyrannical. Like, what did those children do to deserve your anger? You're taking out the anger of the whole day onto the kids, and they're happy to see you. They're supposed to be happy to see you. I know someone who told me that when the garage door opens, they just go, oh, man, dad's home. Dad's home. It's brutal, right? But they love we we parents love our children. I can honestly tell you that father loved his children. I know I know who those children were. And I know that father. I went to college with him. He loved his children, but he didn't stop and think. And so, alhamdulillah, we have the ability to stop and think. We have the ability to look at Ramadan and say, you know what? Tonight, tonight, we can be 10% better. But by the time Ramadan starts, we can be 20% better. Just let's start to breathe. Let's start to chill out. Let's start to, um, maybe the kids could not fight, throw paint on each other, have a food fight when the dad comes home. That would help. That would help. 
and maybe the dad not check the, the bills when he comes home. That would help, right? We can all help each other out because it's hard being a parent. It's hard being a kid. So alhamdulillah, you know, uh, I raised my children. I have three boys. Some of you know them, mashallah. And my goal was, it's a simple goal. Don't let them get lost like I did. Don't do what I did. Make sure you're looking at that little lamp in their heart and make sure that you're kindling it, that you're working it. And I need to ask them, you know, if I'm taking you over here on Friday night, you want to be here. I got to find, I can't just force you over here. You're not going to like it. So I try to take them places they, they, they liked, try to do things they liked. So what can we do for Ramadan? We can enjoy our community. We can have a moon sighting uh, festival. We can go out there. And if you don't have community, you don't know. There's two places in the Bay Area, maybe three now. But Lawrence Livermore Labs, there's an entire bunch of families that come from moon sighting. So in the community, go out there, take treats, give children a great, great night, great beginning to Ramadan. Um, bake cookies for your neighbors. Tell them that this is a Ramadan treat for you. And see, you know, mashallah, just spread the barakah. Bake with them. Um, decorate. Uh, I know a family that had a shukr jar. So every night before Ramadan, they would like write little gratitude slips in Shaban. Then they would take those slips, they would make them into a chain, they would decorate them out the door. You go to the house, you're like, what is that chain? It's like all the shukr that our family has before Ramadan starts. It's kind of like aiming your gun. You want to aim your gun before you shoot it. Just kind of line it up this way, line it up this way, or it's going to miss. So alhamdulillah, there's a lot of things we can talk about. I'm so proud of you guys to be here. I mean, God knows where I was on a Friday night, you know, probably out with my skateboard when I was 12, waiting for Star Wars to come. Um, and uh, mashallah, there's, uh, so my advice for parents, um, before you have parents, before you have children, or even after you have children, or even tonight, if you haven't done it, you got to get on the same page. You've got to get on the same page. And there's one very, very important reason for that, is because the mother is the teacher, she's the nurturer, but the father is the validator. Right? If you type into a file, and you work all day, and you type something, and you don't save it, you just close it, it's gone. So the mother does all the typing, she nurtures the children. And the father comes and says, close, boom, gone. Religion's gone. But if the father says, save, everything gets saved. So the children look to the mother for learning. They look to the father for validation. The, valid, the father can just delete everything if he's not on the same page. So get on the same page. Um, teach with love. Just remember one story. If you have children, just remember the Prophet Sallallahu sitting with us, with someone else's child because of their bird. Um, um, and make the home, you know, the home Islam has to work. If your children are seeing that Islam's not working in the home, parents don't get along, in-law battles, whatever, God knows, whatever, you know, I'm sure the therapists know all about these stories. Islam has to work in the home. Otherwise, you're opening a big wide door. A truck can drive through it. Kids just gonna take his Islam and just leave. Right? So Islam has to work. Parents, we have to make Islam work. MashaAllah, you know, I see the parents bringing you guys here. When children play and make noise, hey, let them play and make noise. They're happy, they're jumping around the mosque. I wasn't even anywhere near one. So, uh, you know, lead with that. 
Um, so I mentioned a couple things, you know, the, the baraka jar, the, the chain you can make, uh, light the house, get lanterns, uh, do an art project and then decorate, uh, bake with the, with the kids and share the cookies, um, go, and f- go before Ramadan and work in a food bank, just to prepare your mind for how hungry people are. Go to a food bank and work there and see people come by and get food, just the morsel the morsel of food that goes into a hungry person's belly, just, you know, it's far greater than our fasting morsels. And we know how sweet dates taste after Ramadan. The pakoras, the dates, and the ruavza, whatever you get going. Um, make, uh, make Eid, make Eid morning a good, a good day. You know, slow down. So running around in Ramadan, doing tons of iftars, getting stressed out, doing groceries, slow down. We're all, we all have food on our tables. Invite people for simple meals, spend time together, inshallah. So alhamdulillah, you know, uh, I look forward, I try to strive for the day that my, I look forward to Ramadan more than I look forward to the next Star Wars movie. I've outgrown those a little bit. I haven't outgrown the football, the excitement for football, but mashallah, I look forward to the day to strive to get, get as excited about Ramadan, inshallah, I'm really excited. My teachers have really put a lot of um, knowledge in me about the why, and so now I know, so I don't feel lost. I know I'm not enjoying Christmas, I'm observing, but I'm enjoying Ramadan. And then the moon sighting party that's that's out at Lawrence Livermore Lab, I live for that, I live for that. And we play um, some Ramadan music on the way over, my kids sing, uh, and so we really enjoy that. So Jazakallah khair for being here. And Jazakallah Khair for listening to me. And, uh, you know, we can all be better, inshallah. We, ha- we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this beautiful, beautiful month, like a gift. It's like the weekend of the year, right? Weekend of the year. You guys all look forward to the weekend. But the thing is, it can't be too, too crazy and busy. We've got to just enjoy each other, enjoy the Quran, enjoy the fasting, and the rest will come, inshallah. And then love the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa And think about the boy with the bird. So, so going into a room of uh, boys, it was pretty quiet for a while. You guys are talking about that. And um, I thought, you know, man, this half hour is going to be difficult. We're going to be back in here within a half an hour. But the kids started to really open up, and I met a lot of, I think about 20 wonderful young teenage boys. And uh, I'll just quickly summarize the theme. Um, the, the, the communication gap is the number one theme that came up. And the generation gap, and the, cult, uh, the communication gap, the generation gap, and the continental gap. So by that I mean communicating, uh, under the adults understanding what the kids are going through that would be the second one and um, just the adults not understanding the environment that the kids are growing up in and they're trying to be good and they're trying to do it their own way they have their own hearts and sort of us as adults kind of um, you know living life the way our parents raised us so those were kind of the three themes that came up uh, they were all good-natured, good-hearted. Uh, one of the things that you know really, really made me sad that I heard was, um, "I'm not going to try anymore because I'll be leaving the house soon enough." 
That's the most sad thing to me that, that I hear is when kids shut down and they're not being heard and they know they just have two, three more years and they'll be gone, they won't have to deal with it. And that's when the parents are gonna be sad. So my response to the, to the, to the, to the boys were, you know, as a parent, I have to worry about whether when they leave the house, they're gonna wanna call dad back and talk to him just to see how he is. And if I'm not concerned with how I feel, then I'm not gonna do the right thing for them. So I would say to the parents, if you want your children to come back and call you, you have to invest in what they want and what they think and understand how they feel and make them happy. And it's okay if they mess up because they're not perfect, but you have to be the adult for them and keep that relationship for them. They are toddler adults. So a 15-year-old is a three-year-old toddler in the body of an adult. They're toddler adults. So uh, really good kids, mashallah, they opened up. Um, I don't know we, if you heard the cheering contest. The girls cheered and we cheered. I, I think the guys won. Um, but yeah, so, so the really, really good kids. And that's what makes me, uh, I would say that the adult starts here and the child starts here and the child grows. And the adult stays the same. And then there's a crisscross point. So the kid is going this way and the adult's still staying the same, it doesn't work. So as adults, the kids come here and then we have to go with them. You have to change your adult. You have to change your parenting style by the age of 11 to 13. Seriously with boys. Um, I don't have that experience with girls. See how do ones here. But um, be, be really, really trying to be flexible and what Dr. Asad and, and Hina said here, and I heard the last part of it, is just really having the adults invest in making the strategy of change. You guys are the adults. You have to find a strategy for change that works for both you and your children as they grow. So inshallah, that's, that's the advice that I would have, and that's my experience in the room. I'll turn it over for uh, Sidi Harun's wise words. Uh, we're wrapping up, so I just... Um, I guess to, re to reinforce uh, what Brother Zisan said, something that I took note of was how my parents react prevents me from opening up. How my parents react prevents me from opening up. Some of them have parents that they said they just can't talk to about what they're actually going through. Um, some of them said they have parents who told them to come and tell us anything, talk to us about anything, but when they did that, the reaction was so negative or left them feeling so negative. When they went to their rooms, they said, I never want to do that again. Mm. So now I'm just going to put my head down and just bear with it until, like the other brother said, I'm off to college soon, so I'm out of there. So... Another one was that a theme that they felt was God forgives, but my parents don't. God forgives, but my parents don't. Toba or repentance is one of the primary gifts of religion. Besides like knowledge of God himself, the gift of religion is repentance, a, a, a mechanism by which we can right our wrongs and so we're actually taught 
that we should be forgiving to the degree we want Allah to forgive us. That's a principle to, to memorize and live by. Forgive others to the degree you wish Allah will forgive you. Also, a big one was the inability to compromise. Learn to negotiate certain things with your children, especially when it comes to things that are not explicitly forbidden by the religion. Learn to negotiate. A big theme was driving, wanting to drive. And honestly, it's something I'm personally terrified of. I, I helped my wife and I, we partnered in helping one of our daughters drive. And after that, I told her, I'm never doing that again. So now from our youngest daughter, who is now, you know, eager, she saw her big sister be able to drive down. She's been so eager and hyped to drive. I told my wife, honestly, that's you. It's not me. And that was fair. We negotiated. I was up front with my daughter. Do not take it personally. It's just that I did not enjoy the, enjoy the experience of teaching your older sister how to drive. It was too terrifying. It caused me too much anxiety. It was affecting our relationship negatively. And so I just can't do it. Alhamdulillah. But we negotiate, especially for things that are not for, forbidden in the religion. Your children want to do certain things. Learn to have that discussion. Well, hey, maybe if I let them do this, that will actually empower them positively in the, in the area that I would like to see them have growth in. One person was like, I want to be able to drive. I love cars. I'm very passionate about cars. But they said I got to get a 3.5 and then a 4.0. And I don't mean the engine. Okay? So it's like, you know, as a parent, well, you know, maybe if I give them some flexibility, it will actually instill a sense of confidence that my parents trust and love me. And that will spill over into improvements in other areas. Also, stop comparing to other quote-unquote perfect family members was a big one. They referenced, you know, a certain cousin or older was a Hufaz, so it was like they're always being compared. Your child is your child. Meet them where they are and have an attitude. Like I say in my household, our way is to build up, not tear down. Do not tear your kids down. You are the means by which they came into the world. They're one of your most precious assets. If you have a kid, that means you signed up for that. So take that as your prized possession and let them feel like you are, they are the star of your life. Like I'm always telling my daughters, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. You should be the biggest fan of your children and not be afraid to sit down and level with them, meet them where they are and not act like it's just all about you. It's not all about you. When you got married, it ceased being all about you. Marriage is a compromised situation. You have to, right, compromise and negotiate with your husband. You have to compromise and negotiate with your wife, right? Same thing with your children. It's not just this constant top down because what that's doing is making them check out and that's the last thing you want them to do. You want yourselves to be the first check-in. So I challenged the, the, the boys, I said, I'm just challenging you to have that just so you know moment with your parents. Just say, 
just so you know, mom or dad, when you talk to me this way, when I do come to you, you make me feel so negative, I never want to talk to you again. Does any parent like to hear that from their child? No. No. So I challenge them to have that conversation, and I also bring it and put it back in you all's court. Have that conversation. Have that just so you know conversation with your kids. Hey, just so you know, I actually love you and care about you. I just have a hard time understanding your culture. The way, the environment that you're growing up in, I can't relate with that. I can't relate with the type of music you listen to, the type of artists you listen to. If you say the word rap, I just add a C in front of it, automatically, okay? So be willing to have that conversation. I'm challenging you to have that, let's just be real with each other conversation, to be willing to admit as a parent, you know, I'm just treating you the way my parents treated me, for better or for worse. And maybe that's not working. I'm just disciplining you the way my parents disciplined me, and maybe that's not working. Have that conversation, because at some point, the relationship has to be genuine and real. It has to be genuine and real. If not, it's just you're raising, they're looking at you as a hypocrite, and it breeds hypocrisy in themselves too. And that's what I wanted to do. Sure. They want to make it easy. I mean.